Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is president's day and we are back looking at new faces in new places as we will be looking at the five new coaches and asking what the biggest issue they they have to solve this year is but before we jump into all that Dennis, how was your President's Day? I know you uh, had to go to work today. Yeah, it came off of a uh, uncharacteristic uh, Sunday work day for me. So, um, you know, so here's what I did. About, what, week and a half ago, my son wanted to go down to Corbin, Kentucky and see, um, oh, I don't even remember the band now. They were playing with Anthrax and Black Label Exodus. Wanted to go see them. So I took a half a day off work on Wednesday and a half a day off on Thursday. And so he and I went down to drove four and a half hours to Kentucky. I had an employee. One of my team members was off this week, uh, this weekend for her birthday. And so I just picked up her Sunday shift to make up for being off that day. Uh, It was slow. It was boring. Um, Not a whole lot of stuff going on. So I kind of just worked on some of my stuff while I was there for putting my eight hours and went in today and it was, you know, fairly slow today, not a lot of stuff going on. Um, so, well, I've theoretically been getting caught up, you know, looking forward to the show today because couldn't wait to talk some football. Yeah, it was, uh, I was off today. So I did, uh, a lot of nothing, you know, trying to get a little rest because I have a couple of long days uh, in the future for me. And then my wife and I are actually heading out next weekend for a little uh, trip. So I'll be looking forward to that. That's nice. Before, uh, before too long, Matt should be joining us as well uh, today, hopefully before we get to the coaches. But before we dive into that, uh, I thought I'd pick up a couple of little bits of news. There wasn't a ton that's happened since we were last here Friday. Uh, For the Broncos, uh, still not a lot of uh, assistant coach hires, but Rex Ryan and Vance Joseph both interviewed for the defensive coordinator position. They also now apparently have interviewed Chris Richard, who uh, was the defensive coordinator for the Saints. Dennis, do any of those names move the needle for you? Well, you know, Rex was a pretty good defensive coordinator. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he gets the job. Has he kept up with the times? 
you know, things have changed. Uh, you know, analytics are causing teams to do different things. And the way the league is structured now, it's it's all about offense. And it ends up being, can you make stops at crucial times? And I feel like Rex Ryan is more suited to that than Vance Joseph. Joseph seems a little bit more of a vanilla type of defensive play caller versus Rex, who's willing to take some risk and make some plays. Uh, do they move the needle? You know, we'll have to see. You know, Sean Payton is a, a pretty good head coach, bringing in an experienced defensive coordinator. And who was the third name you mentioned? Getting old, Chris, Chris Richard, uh, who was the defensive coordinator for the Saints. I'm guessing that's why. Yeah. I, I feel like Richard excelled when he was not the coordinator in Dallas. And so bringing him in to fill one of the, you know, other vacant defensive coach positions might actually be what that interview is about. Uh, I, I feel like it's probably Rex's job if he wants it. Yeah, I thought the Rex Ryan um, news was a little bit interesting, obviously a bigger name. Vance Joseph, I have PTSD from when he was our head coach. Um, he right. was not very good. But I guess I didn't realize last year they had a lot of injuries and they had lost some pieces. But his first two years as D.C. and Arizona, they were top 10. They were number six and then number 10 overall. So he's been a decent defensive coordinator in the past. I thought it was interesting that he's potentially going to come back uh, to the Broncos. But, Matt, you made it in with us. You excited to potentially uh, get Rex Ryan out there, see what uh, what ta- what untimely tattoo he's going to get for this new is it is it confirmed that he's gonna get it or just that he interviewed? He just interviewed. Yeah, I don't. Um, I guess I'd be intrigued to see if he comes out of retirement for that. I mean, his defense is at least in my opinion toward the end of his time coaching. I felt like kind of fell off a cliff. Um, I know that you know the Ryan's have been considered to have really good defenses for a long time. A lot of that obviously stemming from their father, Buddy Ryan. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I, I actually kind of like Chris Richards. I didn't even realize that he interviewed until you just said the name, but I, he was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl, was he not? I know he was part of the, the coaching staff for the Legion of Boom. I know uh, he's with the Gus, Cowboys for a little bit too. I thought yeah. – Yeah, I think he was a position coach under Gus Bradley in, in yeah. Seattle. Man, I could have swore he was defensive coordinator back when Maybe. they won the Super Bowl. But I mean, he, he, I mean, because I remember at the time he was highly regarded as like a possible head coaching candidate back in the day. And then he went to, I believe he ended up just going to Dallas to, I don't remember if it was to, to be their defensive coordinator as well or something. I remember he ended up going to Dallas and it was, everybody was kind of confused because he was a hot uh, head coaching candidate. But I would think it's going to be him or Vance Joseph that ends up getting the job. I, I think they are a, to me, they're much more qualified right now than Rex Ryan is to come out of ESPN to come back and run a defense personally. One of the other uh, coordinator pieces of news is Jim Bob Cooter has been hired to go be the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, Matt, any interest in that hire? Not really. Uh, I mean, I feel like he was a really sexy name like 10 years ago. I, I don't uh, don't know that he is necessarily Maybe a moderately now. sexy. Let's not say really. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a long time ago that we were talking about. Uh, I guess it wouldn't have been 10 years ago. We've talked about him on this podcast. So let's just say the beginning of this. So that would have been like five years ago. Right. I just don't uh, I don't feel like he's a sexy name anymore. It kind of goes back to what I know we've talked about before with like these retread head coaches. Now, maybe just nobody else had really gone in for it. And I'm sure that, you know. Steichen is probably going to have a lot of uh, a lot to do with this offense for what he's been able to do in Philadelphia. So it, it'll be interesting. I think they need to figure out who their quarterback's going to be, and then we'll see what happens. Obviously, they've got weapons, a decent offensive line, right? So it'll be intriguing to see who the quarterback is, and then I'll, I'll be maybe a little bit more excited about the Jim Bob Cooter hire. Well, I, I think Jim Bob had a good start in Detroit, and. I feel like there were some, you know, coaching circumstances that led to the crash and burn there, some difference in philosophy things. Um, and that's why he ended up leaving Detroit. 
you know, he was in Jacksonville last year with uh, Peterson. Um, so he wasn't probably calling plays. I think Peterson called the plays. Um, but I think Cooter will do a good job with a young quarterback. And I think let's not make any mistake about it. What are they picking third or fourth? They're getting a quarterback fourth right, fourth now. right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to get a quarterback up there and it'll be the job of Jim Bob Cooter and Shane Steichen to develop that quarterback. And, and I think the belief is, is that, that Cooter has a, a plan for that. And that's why he got the job. Um, you know, it also helps to have Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league to fall back on um, as your quarterback is growing. So I, I, I don't mind the hire of Jim Bob. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of that staff shakes out. I had it up here a second ago. Um, let's see. They got Jim Bob. Uh, Milanovic is the quarterback's coach, DeAndre Smith. Reggie Wayne, wide receivers coach. Tom Manning, tight ends coach. So they got some guys I've never heard of, um, a couple guys I have. So, Well, it'll be interesting to see, too, if he calls the plays uh, for the Colts because Steichen, obviously, is an offensive coordinator. Um, be interested to see if he uh, – I would did, imagine. Did, well, I think Sirianni called the plays, but up like midway through this year or something, didn't he? Gave it over, turned it over to – I know they said he was calling them at, at the end and in the playoffs. So I have to see it always, you know, it's always a roll of the dice for these first time head coaches. If they bite off too much <clears throat> and you'll hack it. Uh, the last little piece of news, Dennis, it sounds like uh, Daniel Jones uh, coming up to kind of a big uh, moment in his career is switching agents. Do you think that's a good sign or a bad sign? It's probably a good sign for Daniel Jones. You know, he's they're talking about this low ball contract. Oh, that's what everybody thinks. And he's got an agent in his ear saying, yeah, I can get you more. I think ultimately, um, if I'm the Giants, when I look at the quarterback landscape and where I'm picking, I, you know, I'm not going to get one of the top rookies. The veterans on the market how many of them are really an upgrade from Daniel Jones? I think they, if they're going to be faced with the choice to, to franchise tag Jones or Barkley, well, one of them is going to be significantly easier to replace in free agency. And it's not Daniel Jones. So I, I think they'll franchise, if they can't work out a deal, they're going to franchise tag Jones and they'll try to get something done with Barkley. But they, you know, they could bring in Miles Sanders for significantly less money, um, and and he's going to be pretty good in that offense. I think there's that would any be hilarious, number. by the way, to have Miles yeah. Sanders following Saquon Barkley at the New York Giants. It would be, but there, you know, there's there's a lot of good good running backs hitting the market in free agency, and there's a lot of good running backs coming into the league um, uh, in the draft. So. Unfortunately for Barkley, he is going to have to find that team that can't live without him or make a choice to probably take a, a lower deal in New York and stay for the culture. Uh, no, I think Jones is going to – I think – Did it froze? Did he freeze? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I forgot what you were talking about there. Daniel Jones. I, I guess we'll know if it's a good, uh, good thing when he finds out what his deal is going to be. I mean, I don't know how how any of that stuff really is going to end up playing out. I, it's hard to read the situation. You would think he's switching agents because his one, his agent he has now is telling him, oh, we can only get you this, and he wants whatever, $45 million plus. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go get a new agent. It's going to get me that money. I, I don't know. I think I, – I do agree with Dennis. I think he's going to eventually stay with the Giants. I just don't know who – who really needs a quarterback is going to be willing to pay up for that. Cause I don't think any of those teams, for instance, at like the top of the draft 
really are that close to win. They're like a court. They're a Daniel Jones quarterback away from winning. I don't see that. So I think they all go with the cheaper quarterbacks to, five, to have them on their rookie contracts for five years, try and build around them and, and, and win in the next couple of years. Um, I actually would not be surprised if they don't franchise tag Daniel Jones this year. I mean, we, we, we saw what Dayball was able to do with him, but I still think a lot of people have questions about who the real Daniel Jones is. So maybe they decide to pay Barkley because I still think, you know, he's even come out and said that like he understands that he's not going to, you know, hit the top of the RB market because he has those injuries. The two years of the two year injury history, I believe is some quote, something of that was the quote uh, at the end of the year when the, when the giants got bounced out of the playoffs. So maybe they end up paying Barkley and then they franchise tag Daniel Jones to give him a year to see if he can do it again and then they pay him. Or if he doesn't, you would assume if he has a bad year, they're probably a bad team and then they just draft a quarterback in 2024 where there looks like right now could possibly be again three, four, five different quarterbacks you'd be willing to take in the first round. So I, I would not be surprised if they end up just franchise tagging him for a year and then and being like, hey, why don't you, you know, it's not that we don't love you, but we, we like you right now. We're kind of in that dating phase. Let's let's give it another year and see what happens before we commit long term. Hey, at least Daniel Jones has an agent. Am I right, Lamar? Uh, Lamar has one, you know. I thought he was his own agent. His, I believe his mom is his agent. I could be wrong on that. I believe it's him and his mom negotiate all his stuff. So he technically has an agent. Anyway, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the five brand new head coaches. And I'm going to go around to you guys. And I want you to tell me what you think of the hire and what the biggest, uh, the number one problem they have to fix uh, to start off is. And, in a few of these cases, there might be more than one problem, but maybe what the number one problem is. And Matt, I'm going to let you start it off first because we're going to go in chronological order of how they were hired. And this was like the longest hiring season that felt like the history of time. But yeah, I know for the, so few coaches, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I know the number one guy, the first guy that was hired is near and dear to your heart, has just been a personal favorite for a long time. And that is Frank Reich, who. Up until uh, the midpoint last year was the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. He got fired mid-season. The Colts did not do very well without him. He obviously has a very big offensive background, was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles and the Chargers prior to coming to the Colts, has worked with quarterbacks, served as offensive assistant in various places. He takes over the Carolina Panthers. So, Matt, how did you feel about the fit, and what is his biggest challenge? I mean, I think it's an intriguing fix. They don't have Jonathan Taylor on that roster, so I'm already excited about what this could mean for the Panthers, right? The, we don't. I don't care about the running back rotation in Carolina. Um, I do think it's a good fit. You mentioned, you know, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. We know that he, I believe he called the plays in Indianapolis, and realistically, yes, they had a good offense. It really wasn't that bad. They were a good team. He just seemed to like struggle figuring out who his star players were. Well, great news for Frank Reich. They really only have one on that roster right now, and it's DJ Moore. It's kind of hard to mess that one up. And let's also be honest, that dude's been MIA for like the past four years anyways because they just don't pass him the ball. I do think that it's going to be a good fit. They're improving their offensive line. They've got a really interesting mixed match of of weapons at least that to me dj Moore is the alpha but they have some really co good complementary pieces around him wouldn't be surprised if they grab another wide receiver in the draft the big thing is obviously going to be as we just talked about with the hire of uh no wait that's jim bob cooter didn't come here um but who he is going to bring in as his quarterback we assume the panthers are going to go rookie quarterback here i would imagine they don't go a jimmy g type in free agency and that they also try and get a quarterback in this draft and then just what this team is going to be moving for. But I actually do think it's a good fit because I do think he's a good offensive-minded head coach. I, I do, outside of obviously all the joking about Jonathan Taylor, I do think he's also a, a decent CEO-type head coach as well. The big thing I think they need to figure out is is the defense. Like, I, the offense, I think, has been more than serviceable. You know, we talked about it many times with, with Sam Darnold. 
Baker Mayfield. We hoped, you know, maybe Matt Corral before his injury would have gotten a chance to go in there. Show it. They had the weapons and they have been decent on offense, even with Matt Rule there. It's just the defense. Or I'm sorry, on offense. The defense has not been able to figure it out. It's obviously not his side of the ball. So we'll see how that those guys progress and get better. They have focused. Maybe one of you will remember. I want to say, was it Matt Rule's first year? They went like nothing but defense in the draft. Yes. They didn't, yeah, okay. They didn't draft a single offensive player. So they knew that that was an issue. They've tried addressing it. And I know last year they kind of split that up a little bit. I think they still need to really build on that defense because I think the offense is going to take another step forward there for Reich. So really for me, the, the thing he needs to work on is just getting that defense to something that I don't even think you need to be top 10. I, could you argue if they're top 15, they're probably the favorites in the NFC South right now. Like the NFC South is a bad division. And if he, I think with what he could possibly bring on the offense, they have a top 15 defense. I mean, you may be looking at a playoff team. So I, I do actually like the fit for Carolina. Yeah. I, I think Reich is going to be, be good there. He, I, I feel like he's going to call the plays. Thomas Brown was hired. Uh, as the offensive coordinator, and he's got Deuce Staley coaching the running back. Staley left Detroit to go to Carolina to be closer to family because his his mother's health is uh, failing. Now they they've got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Darnold is a free agent that leaves them PJ Walker, Matt Corral. Are they going to get? I I feel like. It's going to be Levis or Richardson available to them at nine. If that's the case, you know, are either one of them going to be a lot of help this year? I think Levis may be more ready. Richardson may have the higher ceiling. Um, in free agency, you know, if they, if they don't go that route, you know, they're going to end up, you know, who are they going to pick? Is it a Jacoby Brissett landing spot? Is that what they do? Do they go back to Darnold? You know, are they going to aim high? I don't think the team – the team isn't a Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, overpay for Lamar Jackson kind of away from being a contender. They've got a lot more work to do. They're lucky that the running back crew coming into the draft this year and free agents, they can fill that spot. Maybe they feel like Chuba Hubbard is the guy and Raheem Blackshear can be the support, uh, the backup. But it doesn't doesn't look great from a fantasy perspective for the running backs. I feel like they're going to upgrade their running back. They're going to bring in somebody, whether it's a rookie or whether it's a, a free agent, that is going to be the starter at running back. I agree with you, Matt. DJ Moore is the key. They need a quarterback to get the ball to him. They've got you know, LaVisca Chenault is a quote-unquote weapon. You know, I don't know how consistently you want to stick him in your fantasy lineup. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr. came on a little bit. You know, they do have, you know, hope against all hope. One of my guys is still hanging out there in Carolina on contract. And so maybe Preston Williams steps up and and, and pushes Terrace Marshall Jr. out of the way. Um, but I'm not, I, I'm not counting on it. I'm, uh, to be perfectly clear, uh, Williams has went from one of my most highly rostered guys to, I think I've just about cut him everywhere. So I'll have to go when he, when he does break out, I'm going to have to go chase him down and try to beat everybody to him. You know, Ikea Kwanwu performed pretty well at left tackle. I think they're solid there. They probably could use another offensive lineman. And then they've got a couple pieces on defense. J.C. Horn was a, a high draft pick. Dante Jackson and Jeremy Chin both play well. Um, Derek Brown and Brian Burns on the defensive line. Yeder Grossmatos. Uh, so they've got some pieces on defense. They just have to bring it together. Who did they bring as their defensive coordinator? Oh, uh, Edgero Avero. So they've they've got one of the hot names as a defensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets out of that group versus the talent that he had uh, in Denver. Uh, I don't. I, I, I like the fit. I, I don't think it, they're set up for a bad uh, to have a bad year. They just have a gaping hole at the key position of quarterback. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like you guys. I like the fit. I think uh, Matt's 100%. The uh, Panthers in the NFC South were, of these five openings, probably the one spot that you could go where you could say it would only take a few minor changes to be able to get right back up into contention in some way um, because we, you know, that division has struggled uh, quite a bit. Um, and struggled last year, and the Panthers were even in contention last year despite uh, the roster. He's done a good job building his staff. He did bring in Ajiro Evero, also brought in Dom Capers as a senior defensive assistant. I thought it was interesting, Matt, that you mentioned he's kind of a good CEO-type coach. I feel like he's going to focus much more intently on the offense and probably calling offensive plays, and that's why he hired Jim Caldwell to be the assistant head coach, and they've said Caldwell's going to help run and oversee meetings for all three phases. That, to me, sounds like what you'd have a head coach do, so it's kind of an interesting. um, But I'm going to say the number one thing I think he's got to figure out is he's got to answer the quarterback question because never figuring out the quarterback question is what killed Matt Rule and honestly never figuring out the quarterback question is what killed Frank Reich in Indianapolis so to me this is a team that has a lot of things that need to work on but for him if I was him I got to figure out what I'm doing at quarterback and hope that it sticks because that revolving door of somebody different every year was killer for him in Indianapolis has been killer for this franchise You know, I think a best case scenario would be a whole bunch of helmet scouting laying C.J. Stroud to the Panthers at nine. Or, you know, the Panthers, we've thought before, might be one of the teams that might jockey and try to trade up to get uh, get a quarterback. Be interesting to see. Uh, Dennis, the second quarterback chronologically that was hired is Sean Payton, uh, a guy who probably needs a little, no introduction. Uh, spent a long time with the New Orleans Saints, was very successful there, even winning a Super Bowl. He lands a contract with the Denver Broncos, who are verging on one of the teams that has one of the longest playoff drafts. Now they have not been successful since winning Super Bowl 50. So, Dennis, what do you think of the fit and what is Sean Payton's biggest issue? Obviously, Payton has the most cachet of any of the new head coaches um, in this cycle. He's been a winner in New Orleans, he's won Super Bowls. I suppose we can say, well, it's easy to do when Drew Brees is your quarterback. Um, Russell Wilson is going to need to have a big bounce back. Part of the challenge, I think, uh, that lies before him is uh, improving the offensive line. Billy Turner, Dalton Risner, both free agents. Um, And that might be a good thing for them. Uh, You could probably speak a little better to that. But there's some decent offensive linemen. Uh, in the free agent market. You know, I have concerns that Javante Williams is going to have a um, a J.K. Dobbins type of year, that it's going to not be great the first half of the year. I don't know if he's going to have to go back in for a cleanup surgery, but I feel like to expect him to be what he was uh, before the injury on week one is going to be a little bit of a challenge. So do do they bring in a veteran? You know, they've got Chase Edmonds, and his challenge has always been that, well, he looks great. He's just not built to carry the load. So they may bring in somebody. Do they bring Latavius Murray back or Mike Boone back? It's a very robust running back market. So they could get somebody to fill that spot. And Williams, to me, that's, you know, that's going to be – uh, that's gonna that's challenging as a Javante Williams manager because you don't, don't want looks great. I guess we're this guy's team now. Uh, you know, they had a good defense last year. You know, some ups and downs. Uh, once they settle on their defensive coordinator, uh, I think they're they're in a good spot, but it. All being able to bounce back and put together a good year. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just completely blanked. Sean Payton? Yeah. Oh, I don't know why I'm thinking. I, I cannot get my, my mind straight today. 
it's going to be intriguing what he's able to do. Obviously, we know he's known for offense, right? Everything he's been able to do in New Orleans. And I don't want to say a lot of that was because of Drew Brees, but when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, I think it's able to make your offense look better or it's going to excel at like the best. It, it It's going to run the best that it can, right? When you have a quarterback like that running your system, running your offense. I do not think Russell Wilson is as bad as he showed last year. I think that's a culmination of a lot of things. Clearly, he was dealing with some injuries. You come in, you're trying to learn a new offense. I mean, Matt, you're more plugged in there than any of us. It seemed like while there was a lot of promise at the beginning of the year, things clearly went downhill fairly quickly for them to fire a head coach year one. So I'm sure that played into it as well. I, I will be very intrigued to see how all this works out. We know, or at least the rumors were, that Russell Wilson was getting all of this like special treatment. And Sean Payton has come in and debunked that. So that is where I do think he's going to end up succeeding. I think that is where the fit is, is on the offense. Much like Frank Reich with the Panthers, I think Sean Payton is going to come in and fix that offense, which is what matters because, Matt, I, I'm sure you know this off the top of your head, I'm guessing here. I remember most of the season when we talked about the Broncos, I feel like they were always top three or five in defense. Is that where they finished? Do you know off offhand? Um, they were somewhere up near the top, yeah. Okay, so we'll just say, I'll just say top 10 because I know for sure they were in the top 10 at least. They were a top 10 defense, and I know most of the year they were like number one in like fewest points scored against them because the, the running narrative for a lot of the end of the season was this defense is not allowing more than 13 points a game, but the offense couldn't even score 14 to win them those games. That's the fit. That's why they brought in Sean Payton. That's what he's going to do for the offense. I do think he's going to turn them around. What is his biggest problem? I think is honestly that same thing. I think it's the offense. He's going to have to figure out a way to get this rolling. He's going to have to get Russell Wilson back to what he was before. And we talked a little bit about it on Debbie debate, uh, probably a couple months ago at this point, we're like, I wonder if maybe we as a fantasy community kind of pumped up Russell Wilson more than we should have. We always kept talking about how you need to let Russ cook. Pete Carroll needs to let Russ cook. And he would do it for like part of the season. And then he would go away from it. And everybody would be like, oh, well, that's why Russell Wilson's struggling. If you really go down and sit down and look at his stats, they're really not that all impressive passing wise with yardage. Now he does have a couple of years. We amazing touchdown interception ratio, which is understand. Like, I don't think Russell Wilson's ever been a guy who's really like turnover prone. He's, he's very smart with his passes. Very good with not turning the ball over, but like passing yardage wise. I don't think he's only had one year over 4,000, maybe two. I could be wrong on that. I don't remember it being many. Like he's not been this guy who like set the world on fire. I think he does need to be reined in a little bit. And I think having a good play action base, having a good run game is going to help him, which I think Sean Payton will bring in there. That is why I think he honestly needs to fix as well. It, it may not even be the whole offense. It may just be Russell Wilson. Like they need to get him back to what he was when he was primetime, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Seattle. And I think Sean Payton is the man to do that. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Uh, Wilson has four seasons over 4,000 yards and a fifth at 39.83. That that doesn't count, though. That's not 4,000. So four. I apologize, Russell. He has four more 4,000-yard seasons than Kyler fucking Murray. Wow. Uh, um, and two inches in height. Yeah. Uh, I try not to get too excited um, 
when it comes to the Broncos because, you know, like there, this time last year, I feel like there was so much excitement and that led to a, a preseason where there was a lot of predictions of them making the playoffs and going real deep and being Super Bowl contenders. So right now I would just take um, them having a watchable product. I will say the two games after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, um, the offense looked demonstrably different, as did uh, Russell Wilson. They had two of their best games. They almost were able to beat the Chiefs, and then they were able to beat the Chargers in <clears throat> the final week of the regular season. Um, so that gives me kind of some hope and some thought that there was systemically some issues. Denver also had an incredible amount of injuries last year. They were probably one of the most beaten up teams. They had a record number of people that ended up on IR, lost a lot of skill position players. I agree with Dennis. They're going to bring someone else in at running back. I don't think they're just going to run with Chase Edmonds, Tyler Batty, and uh, Javante Williams. Uh, with my luck, it'll probably be Melvin Gordon back again just to haunt my dreams now that he has a Super Bowl ring. Um, but I think the biggest challenge probably for Sean Payton is getting the most out of this roster. I feel like the last three or four years, people have talked about all the talent on the Denver roster, all the talent at the skill positions, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler out receiver. They have Dulcich and Albert O who flashed times Javante Williams. They have a bunch of, players on defense too, but that hasn't really translated into wins or success. So my hope is that, you know, the big challenge that Sean Payton can take on is taking it from potential to actual results. And one can only hope at this point, because it's been a long, uh, a long stretch here for Denver football. They're certainly not going to be easy because they're not in a, uh, you know, they're in the division with the reigning Super Bowl champions and also the Chargers. Uh, the next up, uh, Matt, is D'Amico Ryans, who was hired as the head coach for the Houston Texans. He was a player for a long time, but as a coach, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's been with the 49ers as a coach his entire coaching career since 2017, was a quality control guy on defense, worked with linebackers, and then the last two years as defensive coordinator. And to his credit, they had probably the best defense uh, in the league statistically this last year. So do you like the fit? And what do you think his biggest challenge is going to Houston? I do like the fit uh, because he is a Texan, right? I mean, you just mentioned he played there. I know he's his coaching career has kind of grown up in San Francisco, but he, he was a Texan. They made a big deal about that when they brought him over and hired him on. I do think that that looks good for him in the future. Unfortunately, we've kind of seen the past couple of years, these Texan coaches have gotten one or two years and then they're fired and out the door. They gave Ryan's a little bit longer of an extension. It looks like they're going to get their quarterback as well. So where is the fit? It's going to be improving that defense. I think, I mean, I, I know a lot of the talk this past year has been kind of Kyle Shanahan and them kind of propping up how great he was for that defense. And I think you could argue the 49ers had a phenomenal defense this year. It was a lot of fun to watch. Now, the Texans don't have any of those type of weapons on their defense that San Francisco does. So I think he's going to have his work cut out for him going there. But I think that's the fit. Come in, improve the defense, kind of build around that. Um, and where I think he needs to improve, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's it's everything, right? I, I mean, I don't think there's one thing. This is one of the coaches on this list where there's there's two of them, really. And I feel like we're going to talk – we're talking about both of them here. We're going to talk about this one and the one next where – it's the whole roster that has to be worked out. There's really no, like, maybe Houston's offense will be fine if they draft whoever, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. I imagine they're getting one of those two, right? They're picking two. They're likely getting one of those two. Draft one of them. Maybe they get a wide receiver for him with their second pick in the first round or early second uh, to kind of help build around that offense. But that offensive line is not great. They have no weapons. We know Davis Mills is not in on on, on the quarterback of the future. So, they're going to have to build that out. And then, as I mentioned, the defense. Like, we know he's a great defensive mind, had a great San Francisco defense last year. But they don't have those pieces. I don't think that they've necessarily drafted well. Not that they could have because Bill O'Brien got rid of all their picks for multiple years. So it's going to be a work in progress. But I do like the the Ryan's hire. I think he's going to be very good for the Texans. Uh, but he has his work cut out for him. I, I would not be surprised if, you know, maybe next year we're talking about Houston possibly making a move, but I want to see the moves they make this draft because 
while it's been different coaching regimes now, the GM has been there for, this is his fourth offseason, correct? And the ownership I, actually, actually. I think it's his third offseason. Is it his third? Okay, Because he came being, in in the wake of Bill O'Brien. and That's right. Is... He hired Cully and mm-hmm. then Lovey Smith. Okay, yeah. So drafting, at least in my opinion, has not necessarily played out well. I, I, they've, they've had a couple good picks, but I don't remember any that really stand out as like massive hits for him so far. And the other part is this is one of those teams where ownership loves to be involved which also scares me because they've not exactly done a great job. It's something about these Texas teams and ownership is really kind of weird the way they love to get involved and mess everything up. So I'm not going to hold my breath, but I do think it's a good hire in the long run. Yeah, it's – they have so many holes to fill that no amount of draft capital is going to fix it this year. Brandon Cooks wants out. He doesn't want to – And he's probably their best offensive weapon. Damian Pierce, what fourth round draft pick? They're going to bring in. They're going to bring in a running back, whether it's a veteran or whether it's uh, another rookie. Somebody's joining that backfield with him and Ogumbawale. Um, you know, I think Freeman and Burkhead are probably gone. Burkhead might be back as a special teamer and a, a glue guy, but they have big hole at tight end. The the one strength they do have on offense are their two tackles. Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, both are, are pretty good. So they do have some guys on the offensive line that, that are that can hold it down. I think Davis Mills is kind of a you know Colt McCoy kind of backup. Um, that once he gets out of the starting position and can learn how to be an NFL quarterback and kind of grow into being a career backup, I think he's going to be fine. But whoever they bring in is going to be starting from day one, whether it's Bryce, whether it's CJ, whether it's Levis, whoever it is is starting from day one. And they've got holes all over that team. Ryan signed a six-year deal. He's going to be there for a while. Right now, he, he did get his preferred offensive coordinator and Bobby Slowick. But they still have vacancies at running backs coach, wide receivers coach, offensive line coach, assistant offensive line coach. They still have to build out their most of their offensive staff to be able to start implementing the offense. Now, is Slowick going to go with that Kyle Shanahan offense? You know, maybe. How much of his own stamp is he going to put on it? I agree with you, Matt. I think Ryan's is going to try to be – quote-unquote CEO of the offense and let Slowick do his thing, but be pretty hands-on on the defensive side of the ball because that's what he's known for. So after they go quarterback, it wouldn't surprise me if they spend a couple, you know, their other first or a second on some defensive players to kind of boost up that defense either. So I, I like Ryan's. I like the hire. I, I think – I I think that allowing when you hire a general manager and he makes three head coaching hires in three years, it, it, it boggles my mind that somebody is allowed to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you said he has signed a six year deal. So he's going to be there for a while. We hope um, the Texans were probably the fifth best opening to me this offseason based on roster, but also on the front office situation because no one really thought they were going to be good two years ago. And David Culley had them show some sparks and some signs of life and he got let go. No one expected them to be very good last year. And Levy Smith won some games, maybe actually won one too many games there at the end and got let go. So I thought that was a weird thing. You, you've brought up a good point about um, Casario. It's hard to know totally what the plan is. Now, to be fair, when he came in, he got handed a team that was kind of stripped of parts, but also stripped of draft assets. So it was always going to be a slow build back. 
So for me, I, I like Ryan's. Um, he was obviously an exciting young uh, coaching candidate. I hope he gets a couple of years at least to try to put his stamp on a team. But for him, I think his biggest thing is building some kind of a winning culture. Um, because you can have a team that's not successful in terms of making the playoffs where we still feel like they're going in the right direction. Dan, uh, Dan Campbell for Detroit is like would probably typify that. They haven't made the playoffs. They could have almost made the playoffs this year. But the last couple of years, I felt like Detroit was moving in the right direction, even though they weren't always winning those games because you like what you're getting out of the players. You like the fire you're seeing and you like what's being built. And I think that's kind of the challenge for D'Amico Ryan's no amount of draft picks or no amount of draft capital or salary cap space was is going to help them win a Super Bowl this year. But if they can make some strides and look like they're a team that's building and on the rise, I think that would be a big win for him. Next up in the coaching ranks is Jonathan Gannon. Uh, these last two guys were hired actually on the same day, but I, I just went a coin flip and went alphabetical, and Gannon went to the Arizona Cardinals. He actually comes out of the, the scouting ranks. Um, I thought it was interesting listening to uh, – I actually got to hear his – uh, introductory press conference. And he talked about how much being part of scouting and learning what the right kind of players are to look for has helped inform his philosophy. Then he spent some time uh, working on defenses, was a quality control coach for the Titans for a couple of years, defensive backs with the Vikings, worked with cornerbacks under Frank Reich in Indianapolis before going to become the defensive coordinator uh, with the Eagles and Nick Sirianni. So Dennis, how do you feel about Jonathan Gannon and what is his biggest challenge? So DeAndre Hopkins is probably getting traded. Um, Hollywood Brown hasn't shown yet that he can produce for 17 games. Seven of their top 10 offensive linemen are free agents. And that may actually be a blessing for them. However, you still have to bring in a whole bunch of new offensive linemen. Zach Ertz is coming off an injury. Wouldn't surprise me if he's moved as well. Trey McBride played well as a rookie last year. I think he's the future at the position for them. You know, Connor's getting up there in age. Uh, they've got, you know, Keontae Ingram is probably uh, their best backup right now, and he's going into his second year. Again, they're probably going to dip into the free agent market to, to add. Uh, a veteran running back. Connor has been fairly healthy the last couple of years. So it feels like, you, you know, if you're counting on him to be healthy one more year at, you know, 28, 29 years old, uh, you, you might be hoping against hope there. They just overall, they've got a few pieces, but a whole lot of holes. And it's going to be uh, an interesting Interesting rebuild. You know, they lost their general manager. I like the guy they hired, Monty Asenforth or something like that. Uh, he seems like he's a fairly sharp guy. We'll see what kind of leeway the ownership group gives him. The Bidwells gave um, Kime an awful lot of leeway, so it feels like he'll probably get as much. Um, you know, my concern is you got Kyler coming off an injury you know, Colt McCoy is your backup, but you don't want him playing a lot of games. Um, and then David Blau's the third guy. But I just, you know, I've never been a Kyler guy. You guys know that. And I I just don't know. Uh, I What did I pull up? Who's there? Drew Petzing, they hired from Cleveland as their offensive coordinator. I don't know. Is that good? I, I don't even know who Drew Petzing is which is terrible being a Cleveland fan. No, nah, I didn't know who he was either, to be honest with you. Um, you know, their past game coordinator is Spencer Whipple. Cameron Turner is their co-pass game coordinator. No running back coach, no wide receiver coach, no tight end coach, no offensive line coach. So they've got – I think – so the one piece that I think they might have going for them – is that they're going to have some low expectations of them. So you remember when Cincinnati brought in Zach Taylor and you know Lou Anarumo was the only guy they could get to be their defensive coordinator. Um, 
right now, you know, they're saying all the right things. Hey, Nick Rallis was the guy we wanted on defense. Petzing's the guy we wanted on offense. Um, they may get some some rope to be able to kind of run with and not have a ton of expectations for a couple of years and see how Kyler Murray fits into what the new offense is going to be. You know, if they're smart, they're going to not run him a whole lot. They're going to beef up the offensive line. You know, Will Hernandez was always a second-tier offensive lineman. Now he's older. Calvin Beecham, he's old. Uh, Justin Pugh, he's old. Billy Price, severely overdrafted by the Bengals um, and just has never been a guy you can count on to be a starter. So they've got a bunch of guys that they need to replace. It'll be interesting to watch. You know, they, they need to, if they can move Hopkins and get, you know, a third round draft pick, you know, that would be great. If they can move Ertz and get a sixth or a seventh round draft pick, I think they just need to, they need to do that kind of rebuild. Stick with Murray, stick with Hollywood Brown. Those are your guys. You've got Rondale Moore there as well. And, See what you can do. Let McBride take over the the tight end. They've got some offensive, a few offensive players to build around if they can take care of the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, so this was the one that I was talking about him being um, uh, another kind of he's got everything ahead of him. Uh, Obviously, comes from a defensive background, as you guys mentioned there, mostly well-known for obviously last year with the Philadelphia Eagles and how great that defense was. You know, don't let the the Super Bowl game kind of fool you. That was a really good defense. They were top, I believe, five in like every category. They were really, really good. But I'll say the same thing I said about D'Amico Ryan's like, I don't know that Arizona really has those players on their defense either. A lot of those guys were aging vets. J.J. Watt retired. What was it? Patrick Peterson moved on a couple years ago. Like, I don't know if they really have these studs on defense to, to anchor around. Top of that, you've got Kyler Murray likely done for the, I would imagine, at least half the season, if not longer. On top of that, it, no, this is no shot at Jonathan Gannon because he got a head coaching job, but we also know that he wasn't their first choice. We, we know that at least five coaches rumored turned this down because they did not want to work with Kyler Murray. Now, he took the job because it's a very – there's only 32 of them, at least NFL-wise. Obviously, we see these other other football expanding leagues coming back, so there's more head coaching jobs than that. But there's only 32 NFL ones, and he took his shot on it, and I don't blame him for that, but I really think we're going to see, unfortunately, a – Oh, who was it that was there with? They didn't have the one year guy. Was it was it was yeah, it was Steve Wilk. Yeah, Steve Wilk was only one year. I was thinking of Tom Sula, who was 49ers. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if we see that same thing here again. Like, would it shock you guys if Kyler Murray doesn't play a snap this year? They end up trading him. Jonathan's gone. They bring in a head coach for whatever quarterback. I know everybody's going to probably say Caleb Williams, Drake May, whichever goes top. And now we've got a new head coach moving forward, offensive guy with that quarterback, exactly like they did with Kyler Murray. Would not shock me one bit. Like, I don't know that Jonathan Gannon's even their future, to be honest with you, because the contract doesn't tell me that. He didn't get this, like, he didn't get a six-year contract, right? I don't remember. I, I could have swore it was only like a three-year I, thing. So. I don't think I've ever seen terms for either him Okay, or maybe, maybe I was reading – Maybe the post I was reading was not. I didn't like go verify it. I'm almost positive what I was looking at was like a three year contract. He didn't get a six year. wasn't this massive thing. So his fit is obviously on the defense, though. Given that, and I, unfortunately, like I said with D'Amico, though, I think it's everything. Like Arizona has nothing to build on except for Kyler Murray. If we're being honest, if Dennis just mentioned everybody who's likely out the door. So five, five year deal. Okay. Yeah, five year. Five year. Gotcha. And that's pretty standard for head coaches. When Gruden got the eight or ten year and Ryan's getting six, those are the ones that are out of the ordinary. Didn't Matt Rule get like ten year contract too? Yeah, yeah. Something he, ridiculous. He yeah, I mean at the end of the day, that they really don't matter. I mean, it's funny money, right? Like they'll pay the coach if they want him there and they'll get rid of him if they don't. Look at Kiff Cliff Kingsbury. Didn't he saw like a three year like massive extension and he got fired out? He's out the door after one year. Like it five years. Five year. There you go. So that makes it even worse. Like it really, at the end of the day, I guess that part doesn't matter. But I just I don't know that Gannon, unfortunately, is going to be their future. I hope I'm wrong, 
because I feel like everybody was saying the same thing about Nick Sirianni, which is I saw a lot of people clowning on Jonathan Gannon for his weird little pew, pew thing with whoever he was talking to. I only saw the Twitter video. Everybody was making fun of him. Well, everybody was making fun of Nick Sirianni. Dude was just in the Super Bowl. So maybe Jonathan Gannon's able to do that too and build around Kyler Murray and get this team back to what it was because they weren't – it was only two – a year ago they were in the playoffs in a decent team. Still have some pieces there, but he's got his work cut out for him. He, he's got to improve everything. I agree with you. I think he's got his work cut out for him. Arizona is secretly moving into a rebuilding project, whether they've wanted to publicly admit it or not. I'm with Dennis. They've got to sell it off. Secret. They've got to sell off their veteran assets. All the talk about how well Kyler Murray is, is recovering and how he could be ready for day one is blowing a lot of off-season smoke, in my opinion. But I was impressed. Uh, I didn't see Gannett's press conference. I only listened to it while I was driving. And it was impressive audio, I will say that. Um, it w- it made me more interested in him as a candidate. Um, I think this is really... He, he's got a tough job this year, but in some ways with Murray potentially being on the sideline injured, that will give him a chance to put a stamp on this team and to build in some of the the heart and the playing style that he referenced so much in his uh, opening press conference. He talked about them being sudden and being explosive and getting high character guys. He talked about how much he learned as a scout. I think all those kind of things are going to help in terms of who they can bring in and the draft choices they made. But that's, uh, you know, for him, it's probably establishing that culture too, because the Cardinals had a somewhat toxic culture um, last year. You had fights on the sidelines between the teammates. You had fights between players and coaches. Uh, You know, it was, Time for a change there, and hopefully he can get it done. Uh, We have one last coach to get to before we get out of here, and that's Shane Steichen, who was hired the same day by the Indianapolis Colts. He is an offensive-minded coach, spent a lot of time as quality control coach, quarterbacks coach, and offensive coordinator for the Chargers before moving over to be the offensive coordinator for the Eagles the last two years. Matt, how do you like the fit, and what is his A number one challenge? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the easy answer here is you love the fit, especially for the offense. You look at what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts in that offense. Granted, I'm sure A.J. Brown helped out a lot this year in bringing him over. It was by far the Eagles' best year offensively in bringing him over, but that happens. He's an alpha, one of the best wide receivers in the game. When you're able to add that, your offense should improve. But I remember a couple years ago having these conversations about Jalen Hurts and how he wasn't going to be able to do it. And Shane Steichen is a big reason and why he has been able to. Now, what will be interesting is obviously the Colts, we talked about earlier, sitting at pick four. Do they trade up to try and get their quarterback that they want with Chicago? Do they just wait and see who falls to them? That remains to be seen. They're going to get likely a quarterback. I believe, um, I always forget what his name is because he's a weird dude. The uh, Jim Irsay has already like, he already like came out and like publicly said, we're getting a quarterback. And as much as I like Chris Ballard, I, what Jim Irsay says usually goes in Indy outside of Jeff Saturday. So I think that it's going to be a quarterback drafted here for the Colts. What will, who will the quarterback be and, and how will strike and build that offense around them? The great thing for him is I think out of all of these hires, he has, I would say, arguably the best around him would be between him and Sean Payton with the Broncos, and they have a great quarterback offensive line weapons. Indy has all of that as well. They've got weapons, arguably one of the best running back, if not the best running back in all of the NFL right now. A pretty decent backup, too, in Naheem Hines. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Deion Jackson. Hines was traded. Uh, but Jackson performed well Zach enough. They Moss. had Deion Jackson. Uh, they've got a really good offensive line. They had a, a couple decent tight ends that kind of broke out and had good games for them. They've got draft capital to get another weapon if they don't like Alec Pierce, who I thought had a decent year for a rookie outside of the games that he wasn't uh, healthy. I love it. I really think he's going to be able to bring a different dynamic to this offense and and really hopefully highlight their playmakers, something I felt like Reich got away from at times, which is why I constantly kind of crapped on him over the past couple of years. It's like, he seemed to like, I want to highlight Naheem Hines. Like nothing wrong with Naheem Hines. He's a good player. You have Jonathan Taylor right there in your backfield. That's who you should be highlighting. I think Steichen's going to do that. What he needs to fix. I think consistency. I think that's really it because they've got a good defense. 
I think they're going to have a good offense. I mean, let's be honest. Frank Reich had them as one of the better offenses just a year ago before um, when they had, it was Carson Wentz of all quarterbacks. It, it was kind of crazy looking at the year Carson Wentz has the quarterback. I'm like, wow, he, he was actually kind of good. They need to stay consistent. They need to stop with the the one thing Frank Reich I felt like had at times was these massive up and downs. It was like a roller coaster. If Steichen can keep them kind of level-headed and going throughout the season, like I actually think we're going to be talking about a Colts team that should be challenging for a playoff spot and probably be one of the better teams. That's hard to be the best team in the AFC with the teams we've already mentioned in there, um, especially, you know, if Lamar comes back to Baltimore, what Baltimore could be. But I do think that they should easily win that division if he is able to kind of keep them level-headed and consistent throughout the year. So that's my thing that I think he needs it because the, the whole team is good, in my opinion. It's just keeping them every single week producing and being consistent. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Steichen goes with the previous two tight end focus or kind of goes with um, the three wide out type of focus that's been in Indy. Uh, you know, they they have Pierce and Pittman under contract, but Paris Campbell, who finally had a healthy issue year, um, is a free agent and the free agent wide receiver market isn't very good. And there's not a ton of depth in the rookie wide receiver class either uh, that I think could step in and contribute at a real high level. So they're, they may be better off bringing Paris Campbell back. Now, one of the things that the Colts have that uh, the Cardinals don't, Eight of the Colts' top 10 offensive linemen are under contract. Now, Bernard Ryman at left tackle needs experience, needs reps. He struggled on and off last year. He did get a little better as the year went on. Um, Quentin Nelson didn't have his best year last year. Uh, Ryan Kelly has had injury issues over the years. So they've got some opportunities. Now, they need to figure out, like, who is going to be the tight end? Steichen's been spoiled. He had Ertz and then um, Dallas Goddard. You know, is Jelani Woods going to be that guy? Kylan Granson. I think the train has sailed on, you know, the ship has sailed. Train has sailed. What an idiot. Uh, I think the ship has sailed on Mo Alley Cox um, being the guy at tight end. I feel like he's going to be sort of that number two blocking type of tight end. So, it all comes down to what they do at quarterback, and it looks like they're going to go quarterback in the draft and get one of the top three guys. I I think that person is going to start from the get-go. I don't know what happens with Matt Ryan. Uh, I haven't looked closely enough at the contract to see can they get out of it, or is it Nick Foles that they're going to have to get out and Ryan's going to back up whatever rookie comes in. Uh They've got a good defense. They kept their defensive coordinator. And so I, I think Steichen is going to let Gus Bradley just do Gus Bradley stuff on that side of the ball. You know, they've got good players, Zaire Franklin, uh, Shaquille Leonard, uh, DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay. So they've got a good defense. It'll come down to what kind of imprint does Steichen and who uh, Jim Bob Cooter what do they put on the offense? Do they make it go right from the get? Uh, do they just ride Jonathan Taylor? Taylor should be healthy going into the year. Do they start out with the rookie quarterback with an emphasis on running? Can Michael Pittman take another step? Because that he really needs to take that step. In, in fantasy, he's kind of a wide receiver two, kind of mid to low wide receiver too, with some good games. He needs to get consistent. He needs to step up. Will he be that guy for whoever the rookie quarterback is, is probably the biggest question. Alex Pierce is a better route runner than I think he was given credit for coming into the league, but he's the deep threat on that team. Make no bones about it. Yeah, I think it's an, it's an interesting fit. It was hard to know what the Colts were doing. I was just glad that they didn't end up uh, keeping Jeff Saturday because for a while it seemed like that was we were going to re-up on that. Uh, and I just don't think that totally worked. But to me, the number one issue that, that Steichen's got to settle on is quarterback. 
since Andrew Luck retired, the Colts have had a revolving door and they've had talented pieces in place. You know, that year that Andrew Luck suddenly retired, we thought they could be contenders for the Super Bowl and not having any stability in there, I think ended up costing Frank Reich and forcing him out of there. And it's cost the Colts over the years. They've, you know, they made the playoffs with Phillips Rivers, but they couldn't really go anywhere. They've tried getting that um, aging veteran to be their savior. Uh, for three or four years now, and that just hasn't worked for them. So I think figuring out what to do, you know, hopefully getting a young quarterback, being able to invest in them and build them up is going to kind of make or break for the Colts, who, you know, unfortunately for them, they don't have a great shot in their own division the same way that they have the last couple of years, because I think Jacksonville really showed up last year and seemed like that they're continuing to be a team on the rise. So there's going to be some competition there. That's something they're going to have to figure out. Uh, that brings us to the end of our look at the new head coaches, five of them. Uh, just getting you excited for the offseason. A lot of big things coming up in the next few weeks. We have the combine in a couple of weeks. We are less than a month away from the new league year. And as of tomorrow, teams can start designating their franchise tags for the new year. There's plenty of intrigue around that. We will probably touch on some of the franchise tags that are made on Friday. We will also have a special interview with the winner of our redraft league, Tim Reaver, on Friday. So something to look forward to. But Dennis, as the people are filling that long, lonely Monday night in the offseason, what can they do? They should download. We're doing two shows a week, every week on Tuesdays and Fridays or Mondays and Fridays, but two shows. It depends. Um, Subscribe, download, listen, give us a review, give us a rating. You know, you may not know this, but we changed platforms a while back and a lot of our subscriptions ended up getting lost in the mix. And so we really could use you to resubscribe if you've been listening to us and you just see us and you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to these guys, go ahead, hit that subscribe button, uh, download. It helps us out a ton. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. I hope you guys enjoy your President's Day.